Oh, uh, I was recording that. <laughs> Welcome to Casual Disasters, episode six. Um, I have Reese in the studio at the library today. Um, he's just a complete badass. I was thinking in the car, like, what is your introduction going to be? Well, one of the things that I respect most about you is that you're in Pullman. Holy fuck. Who goes to Pullman? And <laughs> you're fighting the good fight there. Uh, bringing inclusion, equity, diversity to WSU's VET program. Um, but you're just a complex human and have many layers. I don't even really know how to pay tribute or whatever respects to all the things you do. Um, you're an MC. Uh, I love your music <laughs> and your lyrics. But um, yeah, so we're just going to get started. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You say pay tribute as <laughs> if you're about to have a sacrifice of a goat in the studio or something. Maybe. I, you want to. If you like it, I love it. Whatever happens in Spokane, right? Yeah. I make you come down. <laughs> well, technically go up. Go up. Like, yeah. This is your state, and I know the geography a little bit better than you. That's a little worrisome. Mm, Pullman's just a, I don't know. It, or is it coming across? No, it's or going you, you, straight up. Fuck, it really is. <laughs> it's Damn literally it. straight up. <laughs> <laughs> like literally the only place more straight up is probably Canada. <laughs> like it'll just be like doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of wheat fields and this random little no, it's not that little, but a there's huge canola. Ass. There's canola. Oh not just wheat. There's lentils. The lentil capital of America allegedly is Pullman, Washington, and the surrounding Palouse area. Potatoes? No? Potatoes. potatoes. Are there That's potatoes Idaho. there? <laughs> Idaho. I was thinking of Moscow being next to Pullman. And where's Moscow? In Idaho. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They all kind of blend together over there. Pullman and Moscow. I'm not, I told you, I don't jump on landmines. I told you. I, I, see, you, I see you throwing it out there. I, I got to live there and work there. You can say whatever you would like about it. <laughs> You're going to avoid this landmine that I just set up for you. I'm, I'm good walking right by that one. Well, let's hear about your move. Where are you from? I'm from North Philadelphia. You know, if you know anything about Philadelphia, you might assume it's in Pennsylvania, but real Philadelphians don't claim Pennsylvania. So, you know, uh, East Coast to the death of me. Philadelphia, the greatest major city in America, fifth biggest in the country. There's a lot that goes on in the city of Philadelphia. If you don't know anything about Philadelphia, you probably know the, the basic things like cheesesteaks and soft pretzels and Ben Franklin and Rocky Balboa. And pretty much everything is real but Rocky Balboa. But, you know, we still love our, our favorite son, I guess. Um, it's, a, it's a You said I'm a complex person, and it could be because I come from a complex place. Philadelphia isn't like any other place I've been to. Like people might compare it to, oh, is it like New York? We're not like New York. Oh, is I it do like hear this? that a from lot. Where, from who do you hear it from? West Coast people. Yeah, of course. Where do you think I live here? <laughs> where do you yeah. think I'm hearing this? On the yeah. streets of Spokane. The streets of Spokane <laughs> talking about Philadelphia. That that right there should be its own podcast. Well, think back to last night when we went to open mic. Mm -hmm. People's, I don't know, perspective of Philadelphia. <laughs> And calling you, call, yeah. beckoning you to the conversation from stage. And, and I was not even trying to be a part of the conversation. I was just chilling, <laughs> watching some local comedians do their, do their thing. And I guess because they don't usually see uh, a face like mine in a crowd consistently in a place uh, like this in Washington, that it was like, oh, 
huh, we're going to have to talk about this person. What's going on over there? What's happening here? What are you doing here? Kind of a thing. And I think, I don't know how you feel about it. I actually think that it did them a disservice because it almost felt like they gave me the crowd because <laughs> the way I, in which I was interacting with them took away from the set that they were trying to actually work on. If they were actually trying to work on it, because that's something I also <clears throat> noticed about people who perform, like that specific comedian who kept calling out to me, I don't think that he actually had a real set. I think that he no. was going up there to do crowd work, and it wasn't much of a crowd, so I ended up and being the person he was working on. even with the little crowd, we were not wanting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but So he needed you to do the, the stand-up for him, or the sit-down? Like something, something. <laughs> the he, bar? <laughs> he needed me for the ha-has, I guess. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was really interested in how, like, Everyone was just really observant of us, or specifically you, um, being a black man in Spokane. One thing that just came up that I was thinking about, like, are they used to a black man being in the crowd and not one of the comedians? Was that weirding them out, that you were just sitting amongst the patrons instead of being? And then were they afraid another black man on the turf here coming up to do a stand-up routine (laughs) that they hadn't already seen? And I wasn't even doing a stand-up, which is funny. Because I, know. Like, I think I think the only people who were black in the club were the comedians, myself and Himes, the bartender. So, you know, like I think that it's I think that it was one of those things that was out of the ordinary because they probably assumed they knew the black people who were around. If they even thought if about you it were gonna be in this community, we know you. Yeah, and it, and I think one of the <clears> funnier <throat> parts about it is the there I got called I got kind of called to the podium three times two by black comedians, one by non-black comedian, and the two black comedians did it very quickly. And then the non-black comedian wanted to harp on it more. So I thought that was even interesting too, where it's like, you would think being like, oh, we got another black person in here, we gonna, we gonna converse, but it wasn't like that. It was like more like, oh, the non-black person is like, no, nah, I wanna talk. Yeah, and I was I, actually wondering that too. Yeah, and I don't really back down from talking, like that doesn't bother me. Like I don't, I don't be like, oh my God, people are looking at me when we're talking. I'm like, oh, we doing this? All right, I guess we doing this. Like, I don't want to take away your shine, but if you give me the spotlight, I'm going to stand in the middle of the stage. And that's, uh, that is the difference between you and I, I would say. Not the only difference, <laughs> uh, but like when we were talking about introvert versus extrovert, like when someone calls me into like that kind of, I don't know, like, I'm sitting in the crowd, they're calling me out from the stage. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, fuck no. Like, why? Why? Yeah, it why? depends. I tend to be flooded in those moments with like anxiety of like being seen, where you are really quick on your feet to like respond. Like, you just are ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready. I'm like, whoa, 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 why are you talking to me? Like, <laughs> well, well, there's an there's a inherent difference there as well, though, because who knows if you're ready or not? but yourself. Yeah. So if you show that you're not ready, then you're proving a point. But like, I wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't, I don't know if I was, I was ready to be called on cause I wasn't expecting no. to be called on. Cold but, call. Yeah. But treated kind of like a, a performance or a play. Like I was told a long time ago that if you forget your lines, if, if you're in a play on stage and you forget your lines, the only person who knows you forgot your lines are the people in the, in the cast. So why are you telling the audience that you forgot your lines? And that's like one of those things that you think about even in everyday life is like, okay, well, Stay ready if you, so you don't have to get ready. Cool. Cliche because it's, it works and it's real. But nobody really knows where it's going to go no. until you help take it there. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if those comedians had it in their head where they want to go with the setup and all that. And you would think they're comedians. They're setting something up. Yeah. But a lot of times it's just riffing, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And 
it became what it became. And I don't think it, I actually think that comedian probably had like the worst set that night crowd wise. That is. Yeah. Um, by but far. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. My other friend did too. Not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So but back to our interview. No, I just get like it. Talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just want to know more about you. So I don't know what, like this experience moving out here, what, what that's been like for you. In what way? Mm, just, I don't know, like culturally, like the culture difference, like what that's like. Well, what would you say is the culture of Pullman, Washington? That's, I know, what is the culture? Is, would you say there isn't a culture? Everything has a culture, but I don't, everything has a culture. That, that's point blank period. Even if you're searching for a culture, your culture is wandering to a certain degree. But Pullman is Pullman is a place of two extremes, people who've been there for what feels like forever, generations upon generations, and people who are there for a moment and looking to go through it. <coughs> and that's pretty much where it is. I haven't come across a lot of people who are in the in-between. You know, there's people who I work with who have roads named after them because their family's been in the town so long, or yeah. city, if you want to call it that. I call it a town, even though technically it's a city, but you know, semantics, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't even think of Pullman as a city. It's when you enter, it says, welcome to the city of Pullman. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's only like 35,000 people, but but then even that, a lot of that is a college, and a lot of those people aren't there to stay in Pullman. They're there for a specific purpose, and even some of the people I work with don't live in Pullman. Like, I have people I work with who live in Spokane. Yeah. Like, it's wild, and it's like, okay, then what does that look like? How does it go? And all that. Like, people would drive an hour and a half both ways every every day they have to come to work just because they don't want to live in that area. And I think that kind of says a lot. I think that <clears throat> when it comes to what Pullman is like culturally, I one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is watching anything waste potential, whether it's a person, whether it's an entity, whether it's a team, whatever it is. If I believe that you can be greater and I can see it in you and you either don't want it for yourself or you can't attain it for whatever reason, it hurts me and it has hurt me for a very long time. I think the city of Pullman, Washington is like that. I think that it has so much potential and it feels like at the same time it won't reach that potential for whatever the reasons may be. People say the same thing about Spokane. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm not from out here, you know. But like but I can I can understand that to a certain extent because when people talk about Washington they go to DC. And if you're not talking about DC then you're talking about Seattle or Tacoma. Yeah. And like as a person like me, I don't think I don't think Seattle really has an identity. Like, really? No, I think it's a I, I think it's a city that's I think it's a city trying to be four things at once and when you try to be so many things at once you end up being nothing. I have two different questions I wanna ask you. Hit me. I wanna ask like when it comes to you, mm-hmm. how do you like I don't know, uh if you're not meeting your potential, like what is that like? Like, I don't know. Me as a person? Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're not reaching your potential? Well, my only fear in life is that I won't reach my potential before I die. So I believe the way I try to live my life, I mean, it's a lot more intricate and complicated than this, but to make it simple, I try to make every day better than yesterday while trying not to focus too much on tomorrow. Even though I'm always forward thinking, I'm always thinking about the future, but if I'm a little bit better today than I was yesterday, even if it's as something that you might feel is marginal, that's important and that's how it is so like if i'm inching towards my potential or if i'm jumping towards it to me it's one and the same 
And I feel like a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of teams, same riff I said before, they stay stagnant. And if you are stagnant, then to me, you're not reaching your potential. Because one of my favorite quotes comes from science, and I say it often. It goes, if you're not in a constant state of evolution, then you're decaying. Ooh. I not, like that. Yeah, if you're not in a constant state of evolution, then you're decaying. And if you're standing still or you're being stagnant, you're decaying because you're not moving forward because everything else is always moving forward. So you gotta pick a you gotta pick a side, you know? And I think a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of teams wanna be on the fence and try to figure it out or sort it out, but they're standing still while they do it. Yeah. There's a way to figure it out and still move forward. And I think that we don't give credit to that enough. Yeah. You think like fear, like I can't speak for anybody else, yeah. probably, but everybody has their reasons. Yeah. So even if they don't know their reasons, ignorance is a reason. Yes. And then my next thing that I w- that was like prompted by something you said, I was thinking about your work. Like, mm-hmm. is this a big piece of your work, looking at humans' potential? Are you talking about my professional work? Yeah. So, looking at people's potential, well. I think that's just part of my life. Yeah. And the way I live my life is also the way I work. I don't separate the two. I don't combine them, but I don't separate them. So who I am in my personal life is who I am professionally. But my professional life and my personal life may not intersect as much as other people. So when it comes to people's potential, I definitely see it, but I look a lot more to my own potential and I look for the potential of an entity more than I look for individual people. So me working at the College of Veterinary Medicine, I look at the potential of the college and then I try to have us reach it through the people and through the entities that we have established or not established yet. And we try to figure it out. I, it gets a little bit dangerous if I'm looking at everybody and I'm assuming what your potential is. So instead of me doing that, because I am my own worst critic, so I don't hold people to my standards. I hold people to their standards, but I have higher hopes for them sometimes. That's how I look at it, or at least that's how I try to view it. Sometimes it gets misconstrued. Sometimes it blends messily. Sometimes it doesn't work out at all. But if I see something in you that you don't see in yourself, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm right. Yeah. But it also is that conversation within my own self to be like, okay, am I trying to push them to something (coughs) greater because I want them to be there or they want to be there? Yeah, I think that happens all the time in my work. Like, am I projecting my own, mm-hmm. like, hopes for them? Is that actually what that person wants mm. for themselves? <clears throat> I can understand that. Yeah. And then I, I was wondering, too, like, what kind of led you to doing the work that you're doing? I don't think that there was something that led me to doing this work. You know, like, I am one of the few higher ed professionals who's been in it around this amount of time or even younger. Like, I've been in it for almost 10 years. And, and you're young, I found out. Allegedly. <laughs> and I have, I don't have a higher education degree. Oh, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of people usually who are in higher education, they, do. they either have a higher ed degree, they have a master's or a doctorate in the field in which they're teaching, or they've been in that field for so long that people think that they're going to be good teachers. Yeah. I'm none of those things. So... <clears throat> I don't have that aha moment. I should be in higher education. I don't have that, well, this happened in the world, so I jumped into action. I don't have that moment either. To me, I work hard at keeping 
an even keel look at possibilities. And when new possibilities come up, I try not to just poo-poo them just because I have something else going on at the moment. I don't try to assume just because I'm doing well in one thing that I can't do something else or something else may not be greater. I think a lot of people, when they become comfortable, for whatever the reasons they are comfortable, they stop looking around. They put their blinders up. I'm not really a blinder kind of person. So getting into higher ed kind of came by happenstance to a certain extent. Like I was a professional cook. I have my first degrees in food marketing business. We was the number one school in the country that had a food marketing program. I think we're still the number one school in the country with a food marketing program. Shout out to St. Joseph's University, Philadelphia, PA, better than Gonzaga. Um, <laughs> Damn, you said that fast. <laughs> that was so fucking sweet. <laughs> Shout out to the judges and all, but you know, you know. Yeah, your little hatred for Gonzaga. I hate, found out last hate, night. It ain't hate. It okay. ain't hate. It's Shit not talking. Hate. It's not hate. It's just the truth. But um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, I was I was doing really well. I was doing really, really, really well in my profession to the point where my executive chef and some of the sous chefs of the place I was working at wanted me to go through the sous chef program. It was going to be a two year program. I was probably going to make double, if not triple, what I was going to make. I was going to be like, I was going to get everything I needed to take my culinary experience to the next level because of how well I was doing and the potential potential that they saw in me. And I realized I didn't want to do that. And one of the reasons was it felt like I wasn't doing enough to help people in the current job I had. I was pretty much only helping my bank account and helping the company. And I loved working for that company. I love the atmosphere. I love all of that kind of stuff. But it was, and I talked to my mentor who at that time, I think was an assistant vice president of the university or on our way to that level. And I told her, like, I need, to, I need to do more volunteer work like I used to when I was an undergraduate student. I need to go out in the community. I need to do these things because it feels like a big gaping hole that's in my life because I'm not doing it right now. And she told me, she told me that there's an opportunity for me to come back to my alma mater and work. And the job was so far beneath my, my uh, credentials that I would literally, she told me basically, like, you would have to be okay with being overqualified for this job for a couple of years, and that way you can get a free master's degree. And I never wanted to go back to school. I'm the first person in my family to ever even attempt to go to school, let alone graduate, and then now thinking about doing it twice. You know, and when I got my bachelor's degree, I was I had a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because in so many thousands of dollars in student loan debt, now you're telling me you want me to pick up another degree when the first one didn't even pay off for itself yet. So it was a lot of thinking. And I also didn't think about getting a graduate degree, so I don't even know what I want to study if I was going to do that. But she also told me, well, if you come back, there's all these volunteer opportunities you can do. Because I used to do a lot of service trips when I was an undergraduate student. And now if I go back to my alma mater, that's back on the table as part of my, not really part of my job, because it's a Jesuit school is looked at as you should be out in the community helping. So not only could I go to school for free, I can go on these service trips. I would be taking a pay cut going back to St. Joe's in theory because I'm pretty sure what I was making as a professional cook was higher than what I was going to <laughs> going to apply to for this job for. But in that time, I started working for a consulting company. And the consulting company, Iannucci Consulting at the time, we focused a lot on DEI initiatives and efforts. And we worked with uh, we worked with small colleges, larger colleges. We worked with the city of Philadelphia in various ways. 
our biggest contract, I would say, when my time working with them was the city of Philadelphia. We worked for the, the public school system in the city of Philadelphia, and we had a contract with the city as opposed to individual schools. And that was massive for me, especially being from Philadelphia and knowing how poor the education system has been, was, <coughs> and probably still is, and being able to actually go in. So what we did was we actually, at the orientation for new teachers, new and returning teachers, we, they had to go through our session mandatory. So we did that for five days a week, for an entire week, two sessions a day, or three, it was two or three sessions a day for literally any of the teachers who were in the public school sector of Philadelphia. So that was massive, it was amazing, absolutely draining, but we crushed it and we killed it. And as I was doing this, earning extra money, really good money, honestly, and then going back to school at the same time, I thought about it and I started studying uh, organizational development and leadership with the track and adult learning. That's a long way of telling me, telling mm -hmm. you that I studied how to solve people's problems. That's <laughs> basically what it is, you know, um, and it's applicable to any career you could probably think of. And it really opened up my eyes to being more versatile with my degree, because even though I have a food marketing degree, I use my degree all of the time. And the way in which people think, the way in which people learn, the how-to of a, of a situation, I can see the fault lines in companies and people and establishments and industries pretty easily because I am a natural problem solver, I would say, but also because of my advanced degree. I love that. I definitely can relate to a lot of things you said. <laughs> and I was thinking about your degree title is such a fancy way of saying organizing people <laughs> in the way of like getting them, yeah, meeting their potential uh <laughs> or telling them why they won't Ooh, yeah what is that like for me or for them <laughs> <laughs> for me it's easy like i don't having conversations even hard conversations is a lot easier for a person like me than the average person i would say but people don't want to hear those things so even to the point where and even in my personal life professional and personal life somebody comes to me and they say hey I want you to be honest about this. I want you to tell the truth. One, that's a red that's a red flag because you know if you know me well enough, you know I'm going to tell you the truth. So you're coming to me not because you don't think I'm going to lie, not because you think I'm going to lie to you. You're coming to me because you want one of two options. You want my truth or your truth. Yeah. And so I ask people, do you, like when they, when people say the sentence, I want you to tell me the truth about this, I look at them and I say, do you want my truth or your truth? Because what you want to hear may not be what I want to tell you. So where are we at with this? And then we live with the consequences. Yeah, it's something I respect about you, for sure. Like, <laughs> is that you're definitely going to give it 100. I may not give you 100, but I'm not going to shortchange you either. 100 yeah. is depending on what needed. the person wants. Yeah, it's not always necessary. It's not needs. always needed. Sometimes I, 80 is good enough. Sometimes 80 is all person can handle. So here's your 80. There's 20% on the back end if you really need it, but here's 80. 80 is going to help you straighten out a little bit. You know, uh, I think that... And it's, and it's different. You know, the culture is different out here. The way in which we talk about problems is different out here. The way in which people want to be told the solutions and the answers are different out here. And I don't necessarily need to go into in depth of that, but it says a lot as it relates to how people view potential, how people view industry, how people view relationships. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of different things that you said, it's we were talking about the truth recently, like our views of like, remember like, cause I was talking about bell hooks mm -hmm. and our views on lying, mm -hmm. which is kind of goes back to this 80%. Like I'm going to give you 80% of this cause I know that's 
is this what you think they can handle or what you can tell like about that person what you know about them it fluctuates it fluctuates do you want to say what you were talking about as it relates to bell hooks uh we could what do you mean specifically about telling the truth yeah i mean or about lying specifically. i mean because i'm thinking about that like the 80 percent is that 80 percent of the truth are you asking me? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, it just makes me, because I think some people aren't ready, and we talked about this, like, going full in 100% can be detrimental to that person in the space that they're in at that time, depending. Yeah. And, and your argument via bell hooks was what? What does bell hooks say about lying? Then that's not love. And my retort was, do you remember what my retort was? I want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold for I don't think I really remember. But yeah. <laughs> uh, my retort to that is I don't agree. Yeah. Because if you love somebody, do you want to give them harm? And sometimes the truth could be harmful. Yeah. Sometimes lying is actually the healthiest option you can give somebody. Because a lot sometimes... I think a lot of times, honestly, people know the truth and they're looking for confirmation or they're looking for you to give them a different reality, <clears throat> even if it's not their reality. Oh, I like that. I, I agree with that. Like, I do think that it's like, I want you, I'm lying to myself about this and I want you to confirm this lie for me. Or the truth is so grim that I want you to tell me something else. Yeah, that too. I want you to tell me that what I know is mm -hmm. happening isn't gonna happen or whatever is not mm. happening oh yeah that's a big one <laughs> for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you just had me thinking about a bunch of different things with this like conversation like about what we were watching earlier from tiktok that just came up to my brain i don't have a tiktok by the way people so don't yeah <laughs> TikTok my tiktok uh -huh. about that woman what woman maya mm. Maya Osborne, huh? Yeah. Like, why is everyone lying? Do you think people are lying to her? Did they lie to her about her truth? <laughs> like, I think you should tell people who Maya Osborne is. Oh, my God. I want you to describe nope. her. No, you want you me to? You brought her up. Um, oh, my God. Well, this morning we were watching a podcast. Um, Higher Learning. Shout out to Van Lathan and Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Yeah, and on this, I'd never seen it, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Reese introduced it to me this morning. But they were talking about this TikTok mm -hmm. that's called the Biracial Lounge, mm -hmm. which I don't a know. TikTok I, channel. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know the lingo. For, it seems I'm like you might TikTok. be more versed in you this said than a me. TikTok, so if I hear a TikTok, I would hear it, I think it's a video. Okay, true. It's literally a whole channel. It is a whole channel. Yeah. I, first of all, just the title of that, so... I, we didn't really dig into like what the content or I don't know what the other content like of that channel is like, are they just talking about like I biracial? I don't, have a, I don't have a TikTok, so I wouldn't know. No, I don't know either. But essentially what happened was we were watching this other podcast, mm -hmm. higher, what higher, it, higher learning, higher learning. I wanted to say higher education, <laughs> <laughs> higher learning. And they were talking about this uh, TikTok um, of Maya that, where she is talking about the breakdown of her ethnicity. And 
<laughs> uh, I would say the breakdown of her race. Her race, okay. Because ethnicity is culture. I don't think she got into her culture. No, or I don't know. Is that culture to her, being the master Could and be. then? Could be. But keep going. You gotta, you gotta keep breaking this down. <laughs> um, yeah, she. I yeah. I don't know. Just her stage presence and how she presented that her race. I don't think people know what you're talking about. No, they don't. So once you break, <laughs> you should go deeper into what you're talking about. God. So she's a stand-up poet, and she's like a stand-up poet. Or sorry, <laughs> doing her poetry. Yeah, I'm like, what do you call that? Like just call a poet, a poet, <laughs> or a slam poet, or a slam poet. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. And oh God, I don't even know. Just her whole presence really tr- was just bleh to me. What like, was her, what was her presence about? Why was she on his page? Um. So she's talking about her breakdown of her race and the way she presented it and this like first of all just the tone or her voice like saying that she was the master she's three-fourths master mm-hmm. and then a fourth a word that i'm not gonna say <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking at you. i know i was like you're setting me up to say this and i'm not going to say it i mean that's not uh, I, coon is the word that she, she doesn't <laughs> want to say but coon isn't like it's not like you're saying the N-word. Like, coon it is feels like, that way to me. If you call somebody a coon. But I don't even want to refer to the N-word. I won't even say the N-word. You won't say the... I know. I know. You, you, I, I hope you wouldn't say the N-word, but... But that's what it feels like if I were the, to say that word. You wouldn't say the phrase the N-word? So what... How... Yeah, how would I refer... I would say that. I just did. So I think you got to say coon. Like, I don't think the C, the C word is something else. Yeah, I was like... I know. So yeah. I was like, how do you refer to this word that I, I don't want to say? I, th- I think I'm not going to say. I I think when it comes to any words that that I have like such a visceral reaction, if it's about the same thing, you only can have one word. So the N word takes the cake. So all right, and it comes to black slurs, we can't have. I don't think we we can have like another one. Like the N word is our is our is our big joker. <clears throat> it's our ace card. So coon, we can't call it the C word. No no no. We know what the C word is. The C word is a whole different thing about uh, anatomy of a person and how they're acting. Yeah. So that's already taken. So I think that in know, that in that world. You only, I think that when it comes to slurs in general, I, this is this is, I just made this up just now. Okay, let's see. When it. it comes to slurs in general, only one word can be banished, and everything else has to be said. Mm. Agree to disagree. Prove it, though. <laughs> I just think. No, no, prove it. Pick, I, pick pick a word that you can't say, and then think about the other words in that same category, and well, think about if you say them. Just now, that this word I know, that's specifically, why, but not this. But uh, like this. I'm just thinking as a white person, like saying any racial slur, like th- that. I'm if not gonna just. If it's about educational purposes, I don't think that there's an issue. Mm, I just can't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. So, so coon is like a hard pass. Yeah. What are the What are some other ones that are hard pass? I'll say them out loud so you don't have to. Just give me give me your thought process of what they are. I mean, it could be. I mean, all, <laughs> all the ones about Jigaboo. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Who's dropping Jigaboo back in the fifties? <laughs> what else? Uh, Black History Month. What else you got? Yeah, I was like, well, I was thinking of Native or even Middle Eastern like slurs that I've heard, like that I won't say. I don't know. So that's like, it's an impossible conversation. I'm just not gonna say the words. But like, what would you call them? What would you call those words? Like the N word is the N word. I know that. I know. It's making me dig into this. I don't know. Because I I can't even say it without 
saying like and i think that's the issue that's why i said that's why i said what i said where there's only one word that takes it off yeah you can't have all of them go away because then it's like what are we actually talking about yeah i don't know that's right because i'm like i can't tell you what i'm talking about without saying the word yeah it's it's kind of like there's no who was it Uh, acronym or letter that i'm going to say that you'll be like oh yeah that word exactly like i forgot what comedian i can see his face i can see his face but i forgot who it is uh and he has a joke about this He's been like a host of Saturday Night Live. He dealt with substance use issues in his past. He he's in current recovery. He's very famous. Oh. He played the uh, the uh, he played a character in the Christmas episode of The Bear. Like he's really really well known. I can see his face. He just dropped a special too. And I don't, I'm not like a fan of his comedy, but I'm a fan of his personality to a certain yeah. extent. And he said that like <laughs> he said he was backstage at a show, and the showrunner was like, "Hey, we can't say midget." Midget is the same thing as the N-word. And then he looked at him and he says, you said the N-word. You didn't even say the word. So obviously we could say midget. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. That's just like, that's just like a, it kind of feels like that. It's like, oh. Well, I was thinking of like the R word uh-huh. or like. But that's a medical diagnosis. Yeah, but it's like politically incorrect to be using that. Wait, you it's know politically what it, incorrect to call somebody that. Yeah. But if you're in a doctor's office and it says your baby has mental retardation. Yeah. I mean, I'm past was a special ed teacher that's mm-hmm. that's what we'd put on yeah. ieps it's like one of those special things. ed yeah i think because that one's that one's that one to me is like the perfect one to educate people on yeah because it actually is something that is a medical diagnosis but calling somebody who isn't that is a slur but is it calling somebody that who has um uh some type something in that realm is that a slur if they actually do have something that makes them that they, that gives them retardation is that a slur? See, and that's one of those things where like like the N word, that's just a made up BS. Like that's some like, <laughs> like it don't really all it is is meant to separate and divide. So like that doesn't really have any connotation in anything besides educating people on the divide of people. But like other words have other meanings a lot of the time. So like that's like one of those things, you know. Like and I think that we can't get to a brave space of being able to talk about them then we're doing ourselves a disservice. Like, even going back to that joke I just said, yeah. the comedian, I remember when people would say, like, you can't say midget, you got to say small person. Okay. What do you call somebody who's 4'11"? A small person? Isn't it kind of feel like I'm using that as a synonym? To call? Like, it, it becomes like, what? It, where? where is the... Where How do we the, differentiate, then, like, what we're talking about? Exactly. And if yeah. we don't want to say, I'm not saying you should, but, like, if we, yeah, if you don't want to, to. <laughs> if you don't, if we don't want to say actual words that exist, mm-hmm. then it becomes we're not actually talking about anything. I know. So where's the line of words that don't exist? Like, is bitch a word that shouldn't be said? And that's a hard one. I actually was going to bring that up, like, the B word, you know, like, people will say that. Mm-hmm. And but, but, see, but even that, it can't be the B word, because the C word is in the same category. So which one is the worst? And it's funny because, you know, British using mm-hmm. the C word is like an endearing thing that you would say. And bitch, like, this is because I say bitch all the time. Um, and you also own female dogs. Yeah. And, and sometimes at school. <laughs> I was like, I'm reclaiming this word. But then I was like, but I'm also like using this word. I don't know. I feel conflicted about my own yeah, behavior. I think, I think that we got <laughs> to get to a brave space where. Most words are on the table. I think it just has to be because... Just saying them, not using them is what you're saying. I'm not even saying not using them. Like, if you feel that you need to use that word or whatever the word is, 
then let's talk about it. But if people can't, like, for instance, right now, you just say, like, the B word, but you also said you say bitch all of the time. Yeah. Why is it so hard to talk about it, then? No, I was saying, like, when we were talking about words, letters, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, B word, bitch. Like, you know, mm-hmm. bitch isn't hard for me to say. I think I question myself saying bitch as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, can I say that? Should I be saying that? Should mm-hmm. I be calling people bitches? Calling my friends my bitches. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or like, that's a bitch in time, which I've never heard anybody really say in real life. No, but, but I've <laughs> even used it in negative ways. Mm-hmm. Like, they're being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Or the other way. Stop bitching. When you're hurt, when you're, when, like, when you want to be emotional, you'll stop bitching. Yeah. And, yeah, just that use of that word that I do use it. Mm-hmm. And then feel conflicted about using it. But to me, that's a more universal word. I don't think that... I don't think the word bitch is attributed to women or girls the way in which people think it is. Because, like, I was told to stop bitching my whole life. But you can argue, well, emotions make you a bitch. Well, that's because women have emotions. Because women have, yeah. That's what they would say. You could say that. Or you could say anybody who has emotions is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really, like, that could be really what it means. You know, or, like, female dogs. That's literally what it's called. A female dog is a bitch. Yeah. That's kind of... Same thing with mental retardation. It's like a, it's like literally a medical thing being like, we're trying to tell you what type of animal this is. So it becomes like, like if it's universally used, how is it? How does it go from being universally used to not being said? The N word is not universally used, so that's different. To me, that's the only word that really. But some people will argue it is. Um, they'll say to mm-hmm. me, this is something that comes up in schools. They'll be like, well, it's in the rap song. Or like this, why, they said I could say this. Or that's not, That doesn't make it universal because I said it. Yeah. But they'll say, well, it's in all the music. That doesn't make it universal. I'm just saying, this is like an argument that like comes up. No, no. They, the argument is I heard it so I can say it. That's the argument. Yeah. That's really all it is. That's the but argument. But does that become that universal even... because we're like listening to it? No, that's not universal. Like on a daily I know what millionaires pay in taxes. That ain't universal to me. <laughs> That's not my reality. <laughs> so like it's like one of those things. Like I don't even say bitch usually. Like I really don't. Like so it's like one of those things that like even when we were just talking about it, I was like, I had a little bit of a pause because I almost never say it. Like almost ever. Like it just doesn't come up in my everyday life. So, but I don't think it's a word that shouldn't be said necessarily. I just do usually don't use it. So like the N word, people say like, well, it's in songs. Okay. Eh. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, okay, and that's that's really the sentence. Like, what else is in the song? I robbed a bank. Are you robbing a bank? No. Then what's the what's the difference between you hearing something in a song and not doing it? Yeah, that's and a really then good hearing argument. Something in a song <laughs> and doing it. You're picking and choosing. Yeah, you are. You're not robbing. Yeah. Like so, like when people say that, I'm like, okay, then I want you to live these raps. <laughs> live these raps. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna start bringing that up to live yeah, the raps. I want to see what's cracking. Live it up. <laughs> I'm yeah, from play, North you're gonna play out every lyric then from this rap song. Factuals. When I when I was working, not working. When I was a student at Saint Joseph's University, a mostly white private Catholic school, mm-hmm. I asked. I tried to create a show where I brought ten white kids, not from Philadelphia, to the hoods of Philadelphia. Gave them twenty dollar each, a twenty dollar bill. Took their phones away and told them to make it back to campus. That was gonna be my show. Like I was like, we should we should rock out, we should film this whole thing, we should do this because twenty dollars, I'm gonna take you to a place where you need to take multiple buses or multiple trains. So if you use your twenty dollars on one, you walk in the rest of the way. So you're gonna have to ask for change, you have to go in the community and break it down, you're gonna have to ask for help, you're gonna have to do this and you don't have a phone. So yeah. now what do you do? 
And that's the reality of things. Like, that's the reality of the world we really live in, where we pick and choose the parts that we want to use, and then we discard everything else. If you hear the N-word in a rap song, and you say, well, they said it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. He also said he shot three people. Yeah. How many bodies you got? <laughs> you know, like, Don't or, be asking students about body count. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in the type of schools you work at, that's a different type of body yeah. count. <laughs> like depending mm-hmm. on who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, God. <laughs> but I want to go back to Maya about this lying thing to her. Like that we were mm-hmm. talking about that led to like who this chick is. I almost called her the B word. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but really like, I was thinking the level to which you're that almost delusional. Um, I don't know if you would agree with her being delusional. I don't know your stance on that part, but it felt really delusional to me that maybe people have been lying to her that this is, she is a victim. You think people have been lying to her because maybe she is a victim? Can you no, no, no. Like I'm saying like they have made her believe that she is a victim to this biracial identity. No, she's not biracial. Or okay. <laughs> Let's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, what would you say for that? Because she's like a quarter. Yeah, she's a quarter black. Yeah. So we just or African American, or she would say coon, <laughs> which I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what would you call what would you call an animal with black eyes that looks that's the furry animal that goes in trash? What would you call that? A raccoon. So if you could say raccoon, why can't you say coon? Because the the context of that and how I'm saying <laughs> that is much different. So would you say raccoon if you want to say coon? No. Like she said, raccoon. No. Yeah, what would I say? Yeah, I like, what would you say? Yeah. Like, you had to tell somebody. Like, say one of your students call another student this, and you had to report that verbally. Oh, you know what I do do that you're just bringing up? In writing, I will, like, quote, like, in writing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm verbalizing it. To me, if you are willing to write a slur. If but I don't write the N-word. Word. That's the other thing. I can write, they said the N-word. Quotes. Yeah, because that's the only one. Like, to me, yeah. the N-word is the only one. Like, everything else is on the table. <laughs> And actually, I don't write the full word. I'll put little like like dots and stuff. yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> not for the n word, but for even the cuss words. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't spit your water out. <laughs> <laughs> um, like with this, I would probably be like C the the the, the like mm-hmm. or uh, you know I'd start mm-hmm. adding like one or two letters and then dot dot. So if you had to verbalize this to somebody, you got a little little Mary and a little Becky. <laughs> Becky called little Mary a coon, and somebody asked you, hey, Maddie, what did she say? What would you say? How do you verbalize this? I think you should just go with raccoon. She called her a raccoon, but it wasn't rat. Yeah, that is, I think I would say that, honestly. I mean, minus this part of the word. Yeah. <laughs> minus half of this word here. What are you thinking about that? I'm thinking about other words you could do that with, but I couldn't come up with any. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a good one. Oh, mother. No, that's a whole word though. I was thinking like, no, I'm not even gonna say it. But <laughs> like, there's no other words really like that. Because there's no other word that has that I would use that has cunt in it. There's no other word that I would use that has bitch in it. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like kind of standalone. <laughs> they yeah, they are standalone. Mm-hmm. Except that word. <laughs> Told you, there's only one. Than everything else. That also is like, even if you talk about the N word, that to me also feels like cultural appropriation. Like white people 
acclimated being like, nobody should say this. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't create the word and then take it away. Uh-uh, we here. It's already out. Two pages out of the tube. What we doing? Um, Big Ed was on my podcast. He's uh, like a local resource officer. Campus safety is like mm-hmm. their new name. They wait, 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 pause. Why in the hell is there a woman walking around his library with a bulletproof vest on a security? What's cracking in the Spokane library? Oh, lots pops off A here. bulletproof vest? Yeah. No, 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 no. But she had a bulletproof vest and a mask on. You got to pick a poison. If you came to work thinking you might get shot, you got to take that mask off. You just got to live dangerously. You just got to be like, this is what's... And you didn't even have a blicky on you? All right. So like, She's all trying right. to get no cold and not shot. She don't even got a gun on her, though. So, like, so think about this. I just yeah, want to paint this How picture real quick. How do we know quick. she doesn't have a gun? I looked. I, I was right there with her. Because she doesn't have one, like, on her side. She don't have one at all. <laughs> I know she ain't got a gun. I'm from Philadelphia. I know someone's carrying a gun and they're not. Like, <laughs> I'm looking. I just want to put this. I want you to get back to what you were saying about Big Ed. But I just want to paint the picture for people who who, who are listening and who've never seen it. Oh, this. I love com- commentary on the people we watch Dude, outside I, of here on the I'm sitting in this chair and we I bring see it this woman who might be five foot two, maybe 110 pounds soaking wet, mask <laughs> on, bulletproof vest that says security, no gun at all. So in my mind, I'm looking at her like, okay, so you're being preventative. Like you're worried about your safety, so you're wearing a mask. Check. You're worried about your life, so you're wearing a bulletproof vest. Check. But you still came to work and you don't have a gun. What does this make sense? Like, in my mind, what job would I go to that I love enough where I'm just like, I could get shot today and I can't shoot back. I can get COVID today, but I can't do anything about it. And the only thing I have to fight this crime is my Apple Watch. Sounds like public education. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't at all. <laughs> just I went to public school when the teachers <laughs> fought the students. So get them hands dirty a little bit. I just want to put that out there. Like, we're in a bulletproof vest in the library. It's crazy. Yeah, this That's is how crazy. we roll in Spokane, though. Yeah, y'all are some posers. But keep going. What are you saying, though? <laughs> <laughs> anybody who We're acting around, like we're about to get shot at. Think about anybody. Anybody in the world. Anybody in the world that you see out in the world that has a bulletproof vest on, they have a gun. This is the first time in my life as a professional that somebody was wearing a bulletproof vest and there was no gun. I don't know that. Because you made me think about, like, the guys. that Is it Loomis? Is that that company that picks up yeah. the money? uh-huh. Yeah, and they're packing heat into the school. Hell and I'm yeah. always like, damn, they got a gun yeah. on, on their holster, like right here. And, like, on, their, and on their ankle. Yes, oh, they're ready. <laughs> Try something if you want. Yeah, I'm Try like. Something. Your little gun fingers are funny. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see this. Like, I know. My, <laughs> this is literally, yeah. You shoot sideways, break your wrist. <laughs> but it looks cool. <laughs> ain't going to hit nothing, but it looks good. Um, yeah. Yeah, what is that? Like The I'm only ever profession that wears bulletproof <laughs> vest and have no gun are reporters. I didn't even know they were wearing bullet. They when they go into war zones. Oh, that makes sense. But no gun? Do the no, reporters no. carry a gun? No, I ain't got no blicky. <laughs> That's why I ain't gonna lie. All right, I want you to get back to Big Ed. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes when I hear like, oh, this person got killed, I don't, my sympathy meter just don't ring up. I'm like, where were they at? Oh, they were at the war zone? Uh, and they got killed? Okay, I'll take extra eggs. Like, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to stop my day? <laughs> because, like, you were in a war zone and you got killed. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, feel, I feel, I don't, I'm not saying I want anybody killed, but it's like one of those things where I think as people, sometimes we, we have like willful ignorance. Whereas, like, like, they were going to, to war happen. and I thought they were just going to be there journaling, you know, like writing an article live like, from a war zone. Yeah. Like, when Philadelphia, <laughs> in Philadelphia, I just got shot by her face. <laughs> in Philadelphia, right before I left, they sent the this email podcast. out being like, oh, students' cars are getting stolen at a rapid rate. And then they sent this whole report out about the stolen cars. It was like 20 of them. Yeah. Out of the 20 cars, 16 of them were people left their keys in the car running. 
I immediately closed the email. I was like, I don't feel, what are you talking about? Like, what? Why is that a report? Why are your keys and why are we reporting this? I'm like, this is a major city. You left your keys in your that's car a, running. That's a, that, as you would say, a you problem. That's a personal problem. <laughs> why are you sending me an email about carjacking? That's not a carjacking. That's a crime of opportunity. Like, you left your... <laughs> but please, back to Big Ed. Uh, well, I was just going to go off on... For, well, that's another... It kind of brings up the same thing about security because mm-hmm. he's a, seen as like a cop, but with no addiction to do I mean he can't do anything they don't have guns they don't have bulletproof vests but they're seen as a cop in the school he's seen as a cop or he says he's a cop uh they're they used to be seen that way like they would wear like security outfits like a cop would a like security and copping the same thing. well they had like a badge I don't know and they present like a police officer what does that mean present mm, like a police officer like the outfit like co- they're cosplaying as a police officer yeah yes I mean if you don't sit down like, I wish a security would pretend to be a cop. But that that's how we would roast him back in the day when he, would, he like, one time told me I was under arrest, and I was like, you can't do that. Unless we're talking about a citizen's arrest, mm-hmm. like we talked. And then he's like, and I'm putting, and he, it was weird. He, he had, like, a almost looked like a cop car because it had, like, the gate or it's whatever. Called, it's called a Crown Vic. <laughs> it's called a Crown Victoria. That's what that is. <laughs> yes. Anybody can buy no, one. <laughs> but no, but they had like the whole setup, like yeah, a cop car. They yes. Can, like just the window to the back. The, the, like the little it, light on the side. Yeah. It's, it's cute. And they would drive around mm-hmm. policing us like that. Um, what I was going to tell you though, this, this is actually going to go multiple ways, but we were talking about the N word mm-hmm. on the podcast, like our students saying it in the school mm-hmm. setting and how as a white person, what I always tell them, like, we're not going to say it in this setting, but, like, I'm not in any way going to control what you do. Like, if you're in your family, if that's, like, how mm-hmm. you want to use that word, I'm not, like, taking a stance on that. As, like, as a white person talking to a black student. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on the podcast, but now I can't even remember what I was going to tell you about it. That what you were saying earlier before we went off on the vest. So, <laughs> so, so you, f- you feel like as a white person, you can't tell black people what to say? Yeah. And, yeah, in, at all. So if, so, if, so if a black person calls you, as you would say, the B word, you can't tell that black person. You I'm talking about the N word specifically. I said, say, you don't, you, as a white person, you can't tell a black person what to say. So you mean you can't talk to a black person about the N word because you're a white person? I can't tell them to say it or not. Why? For the same reason you brought up, like, making up this word and then telling mm-hmm. you you can't say it. Mm-hmm. But I said that because people are trying to eradicate the word, and you are also trying to eradicate the word in school. So technically, you are telling me what I can say. That's true. Kind of sounds like both sides of the mouth there, Maddie. I got to tell you. <laughs> but we're not supposed to be cussing in schools in general. The N-word isn't a cuss word. So no slurs at all, racial slurs. Cuss words and slurs aren't the same thing. Yeah. So what can't you say in school? Give me the black and white of what you can't say in school. If I was a student coming to school and they was like, hey, you got to be Actually, this would, I'm interested in what you're – so they wrote a policy mm-hmm. in Spokane Public Schools that if you say black, white, whatever, mm-hmm. like if you use the N-word, they have like clear discipline for you. Like, that's going to go down. So they have a list of words that they print, and they say you can't say these words. Yeah. So they do they put nigga or nigger in the word? Or I don't know. I haven't actually read. So I haven't read our updated policy um, this year, but I didn't even know this policy was in there because something got brought up about, like, a teacher using it or mm-hmm. what about reading it aloud from a book? What about Niger, the country of Niger in Africa? 
That's a great what about point. Negro. Great point. So what about I. Ofe? So the school is trying to say you, the district, whatever, mm-hmm. the use of N word is not allowed. What do they call the? N- I need to know what they call the N word. I know. I can, we should look it up when we leave here. Like, like that, the that, equity policy <clears throat> for spoken. I actually would love your because I've been kind of battling around this policy. Mm-hmm. I've talked to you about it because uh, around equity they leave a lot of things out it's very like only for black students it seems like the equity policy it doesn't have a lot of clear language around gender mm-hmm. gs this is this big thing this issue that i have around it special ed um just equity in general it's only fa- like around race it has mm-hmm. and only black people specifically mm-hmm. um and this n-word controversy because people have like talked about it like oh well we have a policy around the n-word and these and you will be disciplined because we have a policy around the n-word being used in the schools what if a student said cracker yeah that's a great point honky wonder bread i don't know like just don't <laughs> like but that's the thing like it's like i said earlier the n-word is its own thing it's its own thing however that could also be a way for spokane to be like we don't talk about slavery because you can't talk about slavery and not use the N-word. You don't have to keep saying it. Yeah. But you should talk about what that actually meant, what it was like. It don't got to be as brutal when you're talking to <coughs> kids, but you should know the origin of the things that we can and can't do or say. So if I can't even bring it up, which I'm assuming the policy, you know what they say about something, but I'm assuming the policy doesn't just say you can't say this. It's probably everything related to the N-word you can't use. So where do we go from there? You know, if I'm quoting a rap lyric, do I just say, do I, can I say the N word or do I say something else? Well, and you bring up this kind of, this got brought up because a teacher used it once or something. I don't know, like said it in front of students, like in the context of repeating it. Right. And from a, I don't know where, like a book or whatever Mm -hmm. said it, but the students were like, then she needs to have consequences. If we are going to have consequences Mm -hmm. for using it. Yeah. I don't know what happened, so I don't really know, have a comment on that. But it, it's, like you said, it's probably specifically to cut out black people and to harp and focus on those things. And I'm not a pro throw the N-word in school thing, but I look at it like, okay, then let's talk about it. Like, what's going on with that? What's happening with that? And if that's the only word that's forbidden, education should be given about why that word is forbidden. And people don't want to have that educational conversation. So why is it forbidden? Because I think the reason is because they know it's going to start fights with people and it's going to start conversations with people. And neither one of those things people actually want. Why do you think they don't want that? Because it gets the truth. Who wants the truth when a lot is more entertaining? Which was what we were just talking about, lying. Yeah. I want to tell you about what America is, not what America is. So I want to tell you about what America is, but I don't want to talk to you about what America is. I want to sell you the dream of America. I don't want to talk about who we had to put to sleep to get to that dream. I want to tell you about the freedoms of America, but I want to tell you about the people who are in shackles to give you these freedoms. I want to tell you about the opportunity of America, but I don't want to tell you about the people who don't have opportunity in America. I want to tell you about liberty, justice, and freedom for all, 
but I don't want to tell you about how we're not giving liberty, justice, and freedom for all. Simple. It's very simple. America is the greatest magicians the world has ever seen. We're the youngest superpower in the world, <coughs> country-wise, like date of when we actually came to existence, <clears throat> and we act like that. We act like the little, the, the younger sibling who got spoiled. <laughs> like, we don't want to tell you about how the other kids were raised. We just want to focus on, look how good this one is doing. When realistically, it's not doing better. We're just throwing more resources at it. And that's the re realistic identity of it all. Like, there's not, I can't think of any, any symbol of America that doesn't have blood on it. And that blood is usually black blood. The White House was built by, by black people who weren't allowed to be inside of it. That should tell you a lot. Thomas Jefferson, Philadelphia's favorite son possibly, wrote the Declaration of Independence. Wrote it and had slaves. He wrote the words, freedom and justice. Like he wrote these <laughs> things and had slaves. And realistically speaking, you want me to believe that a white man who had slaves wrote his own stuff? Stop it, man. So I'm assuming we probably wrote it. He probably dictated it. Yeah, he probably it. had, yeah. yeah. He probably verbalized it, but who probably really wrote it? You know, like, it's, it's, there's, there are a lot of things <clears throat> that we have to think about. Like, why do we pledge allegiance? Pledging allegiance is a swear, you're like, you're swearing to something. Like, we have verbal contracts in America. You swearing to the flag, is, you can argue that's a verbal contract, which is why treason is the only other thing. Definitely double, double check me on this. Treason in America is the only thing besides murder where you can get the death penalty for. Treason <laughs> in America, the death penalty only goes to two crimes, murder and treason. Yeah. That tells you a lot about how we view that flag, how we view swearing upon it. Because it's treason is to act against America. But who's really acting against America? Is telling the truth acting against America? You can argue it is. Yeah, that's, I think that would be their argument. Ugh, mm -hmm. which is creeping me out <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm thinking we do this in a lot of ways, not just like to the flag. Say so. What are the other ways? It like it could be your community. It could be like a business you're working for. Tell me more. Like you're not allowed to speak out against us or talk about this. You're or, not allowed. Well, then you're out. You know. You can't legally do that. They're good at covert retaliation, though. Ah, you just talked about overt retaliation. You didn't say covert. You said that you can't yeah. do this or. Yes, but I'm thinking of, like, how, I don't know how to say it. Like, they are doing this, but not in that maybe. I'm going to use a word that outward. you used earlier. What word? Why people be bitching like this? People bitching. That's what it is. People working in fear. That's, that's what it is. Working in fear is justification for people to treat you wrong. Yeah. In my opinion. So you can speak out against a company. <clears throat> will you get fired? Possibly. Will it be because you spoke out? Probably. Legally, will they say that? No. No. So are you right or wrong for not speaking up? I think it would be wrong to not speak out. <clears throat> but I'm also talking about the, I don't know, that's... <laughs> That's deep. But, the, but that goes, I only say that because words mean things. You said people can't. Yeah. That word can't always is a trigger for me because I'm like, tell me why you can't do something. Okay. People won't. They won't. I'll give you credit. Okay, for, I'll yeah, say that. They won't do it. 
which is your choice. Yes. I'm not going to make you do anything. But it made me feel about the alle- pledging allegiance, like mm-hmm. that feeling. You don't have to pledge allegiance, though. No. Even to the flag. You even don't. School, but I was thinking about the events. fear <laughs> that comes out of like not doing it, right? Well, fear is going to be there no matter what. So do you want to be fearful of yourself or others? I'm, I'll be, I'm more petrified of me not being who I really am than me than you thinking however you're going to think about me. But not everyone is like that. Oh, I know. But there's still a choice. And I think when we get to the part where <clears> we, we tell people that they don't have a choice, we're lying. Yeah. Everybody has a choice. You just may not like your choices, but you have a choice. It's very hard to live. It's very easy to die. Same thing when it comes to, I look in, if you use that logic and you apply it to everything in life, it don't got to be breathing or not breathing. You could say it's very easy to, it's very easy to die. It's very hard to live. That's the same thing about work. It's very hard to live at work if you really want to live, but it's real easy to die. And dying sometimes is being quiet. Yeah. So if you the take that, thought pro- yeah, if you take that thought process, it works out for everything in your life, but you got a choice. It's up to you to do what you want to do with those choices, though. Yes. And I think that that's part of the the victimhood of the world or even of America. Back to what you were saying about Maya and all that kind of stuff. It, when people say that there is no choice, I scoff at that. I truly do. Like, there are always are going to be choices. They <coughs> just may not be good choices. And if yeah. they're not good choices, why are we not talking about that? I think that is a really hard realization. Like, yeah, there, it might not be fair, just choice. I don't know. It's just like, but there are choices. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a hard one, though. But so it gives people a way to get off the hook, and I'm just not a fan of that. I'm just not a fan of just getting people off the way to the hook. Like, when people are like, oh, man, you know, we would bring it up, but that but is a choice. Yeah. Like, that's what this is. And the way my mind works don't complain about something that you're not willing to change. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you can vent. I don't mean by venting. I mean, if you are consistently complaining about something that you also are not willing to change, miss me with that shit. Yeah. I like, like that. There's people <laughs> who you can pay to do that. Like, just miss me with that. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying you don't have the right to do it, but yeah. miss me with that. Like I, like, I am, I think every job I've ever had, for the most part, and I've had a lot of different jobs, People know, oh, Reese, I want to hear this shit. Because it gets to a point where it's just like, then what are we doing about it? Nothing? Then why are we talking about it? Because now you want me to be miserable with you. You want me to have the same problems you have, whether I have them or not. But all we're just doing is commiserating. And commiserating is important. I really do believe that. But it ain't got to be with me. Like, I don't need to do that. Like, I really, really don't. So I'm a problem solver. I said at the beginning of this. At my yeah. core, I'm a problem solver. I'm a natural problem solver, but I've also been trained to be a problem solver. So when I hear something, my mind starts problem solving. It's okay for you to be like, hey, I don't want to answer to this. Cool. But I can also tell you, hey, I don't need to hear this. Like, why are you telling me this over and over and over and over again? And I think that's the key. Like, the fact that people have issues with America, people have issues with their city, their town, their job, their partner, whatever it is, but they also don't want to help fix those issues. You're part of the problem. No matter how you want to slice it, you're part of the problem. Even yeah, if you're the facts. one getting done dirty, like even if you're the one getting <clears throat> done wrong, you're part of the problem. Yeah. You're doing yourself dirty. You're doing yourself wrong because you're not trying to change it. And you're amplifying the fact that it's happening. 
to only people who also ain't going to do nothing. You're part of the issue. Yeah. You're not holding these things accountable. And you're hoping a miracle happens. <laughs> yeah, like someone's going to swoop in. Well, actually, to start this podcast, like I talked about that, like our view of Spokane, we always just say it's like, you know, like. I don't know. Tell me. Spokane doesn't suck. Like, but like really, we think it sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but then we're like, nobody's really wanting to like. Not that's not true. I mean, there are people here trying to do mm-hmm. stuff, but I think it's funny that you say that because it's like I see a lot of that being the culture of like the city that I grew up in is hating it, mm-hmm. but then being like, well, I'm not gonna do anything to like change it. Yeah, or add to it or make it better. Why is that the case then? In your opinion, growing up here. Mm. I mean, it could be Aberdeen. It could be worse. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a bigger question to like my ancestors, like the people, my elders. So you're passing a book. No, that like, that's just been the culture. And then you just, then you're like, wait, like, why are we hating on this city so much that we like, but we continue to live here. Sounds like you're passing the buck a little bit. Not passing the buck. I'm really thinking. I didn't say how it started. I'm saying, why do you think it is that way still? You grew up here. Because that's the culture like that's part I of like from a culture of gun violence and drug addiction but it's like the hate that we it's like this hate love that we want to we don't so want to own the city we so don't want to y'all y'all okay with it is what i'm hearing yes oh, is okay. what i'm telling you simple yeah yeah y'all want it to be that way yeah all right cool <laughs> see but that but that to me is like that's where we need to go with a lot of these conversations <clears throat> we need to be more honest about realistically what do we what, what do we want from this and it sounds like most people want this place to still suck but still love it at the same time yeah all right, cool. That's your choice. Like, I'm not gonna try to change it. Like, but that's the thing. I think people are uncomfortable telling the truth about situations, and yeah. instead of telling the truth, they just be like, "Who knows?" So it's like, you know, you're in there. Like, I don't think that there, I don't think that there is anything that I am a part of in my life currently, or even in the past, that I can't honestly tell you what it's about. Now, what will I tell you? Different conversation. But I can tell you more than likely, truthfully, what it's about. Well, this is a funny little segue and really abrupt, but um, something that I have, because we're talking about Spokane too, that people do, I consider Pullman sort of like part of our community, even though it's like a little bit removed. Um, There's a lot of overlap, WSU being here in Spokane, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 just being close nearby. Okay. Uh, so you, you consider almost that, like a suburb of Spokane. <laughs> you consider that because of WSU, or do you consider of Pullman? Because those aren't necessarily the same entity. I know, which is funny because in my brain they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Um, so I usually the guest I have on mm-hmm. the podcast gives like words of encouragement to our community to end the episode, or something, a hope, a wish, whatever for this community. Well, I don't really do the wish thing. I don't know. <laughs> however you want it phrased hmm. and for this community you talk about the community of Spokane yeah which I'm considering Pullman which is different I know yeah. I mean I'm not from there either so yeah you want but you're if you want but <clears throat> I would say I would say when life punches you in the mouth, smile and swing back. When life punches you in the mouth, smile and swing back. And I say that 
because me spending time here in Spokane and Pullman and Seattle and <clears> Idaho, <throat> all over this place. I've been all over this place in my time here. And I don't pretend like I know this place better than people who are from here. <clears throat> but one thing is very, very, very clear to me. At least one thing is very, very clear to me. You all have to stop pretending like you don't care. And that's what passive aggressive is. You care. That's why there's aggression behind it. But you're being passive for whatever the reason is. So if I punch you in your face in the in the city of Spokane and Pullman, <laughs> it will be like, oh, you'll cover up. and be like, I don't know why this is happening. What's going on? Or it's not that big of a deal. It was only one punch. Okay. But you're still going to be affected by that punch. So if you're going to be affected by the punch no matter what, why not punch back? Yeah. Take it, boom, smile and punch back. Because at the end of the day, life is going to punch you in the fucking face. And unless you only want to spend every waking day feeling comfortable, which none of you really are, you're just pretending to be comfortable, which is where the passive shit comes from, why not swing back? Realistically, what is it going to do besides probably improve your life? Because you're going to get punched in the mouth either way. It's kind of like a motorcycle. It's not about if you fall. It's about when you fall. And how do you deal with it when it happens? Damn. I like that. I just made all that up. <laughs> <laughs> Not the motorcycle part. People have been saying that about motorcycles. Yeah, years, but, but I mean, well, yeah, that's really good for this community. We're not really good at showing up to the fight or coming back. No, y'all show up to the fight. You just but get we punched just, in the fucking face. And, and we don't do it. shit yeah. back is what I mean. Like showing up in the way that we're like, I'm ready to fight you back. Absolutely. Because it's not about yeah. where I come from. It ain't about winning the fight. It's about fighting. That's what it's about. I talked about Rocky earlier. That motherfucker lost almost all the movies. People forget that. Rocky lost in almost all the movies. First movie, lost to Apollo. Second movie, beat Apollo. Third movie, lost to Clever Lang. Fourth movie, Beat Ivan Drago, came back to America with brain damage and broke. Sounds like he lost to me. Fifth movie, he lost like <laughs> Rocky, a loser. We love Rocky because he fights, not because he's going to win. Because he's going to try to win, but he's going to give it his all. So I'd rather lose by fighting back than to win by getting hit. <laughs> like, it's just kind of where my thought process is for a lot of this. Because winning by getting hit means you're accepting what is given to you, however it turns out. And if you don't have it in you, to be a part of that conversation, if you don't demand a meal when you're at the table, if you accept the crumbs and, you, and you're mad that you are hungry, that's on you then. Because we all have a choice. So what are you going to do? And my choice is always to fight back. Yeah, I love that, that you're saying that. I think, yeah, I just want that too for this community more than anything. <laughs> showing up, fighting back, not giving up, throwing our hands up and just saying, it's a piece of shit, whatever. And like yeah. being passive aggressive about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then raising other generations into that bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Generational shit is real. That's what I kind of meant by the elders of Spokane or like my ancestors of like, well, they yeah immigrated here, but just, yeah, like that. Like we kind of like breaking a cycle <laughs> for like the city in that way. But do we want to? I don't know. And that's probably the real question. Do you want to? Not that you can't, not that you don't know how, but do you want to? And I wouldn't be surprised if most people's answers are no. But instead of saying no. I don't no, think they would say that, though. Instead of saying no, it would be I don't know. Yeah. And what are we supposed to do with that? 
exactly what y'all been doing chasing your tail. <laughs> well, on that note, um, I just want to thank you so much for being like the first guest I think I like initiated. You're welcome. The invoices in the mail. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's it's all a volunteer. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> oh, okay. Invoices in the mail. You know, we take cash, credit, debit, blood, whatever you give, we got. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on. Um, yeah, and this podcast will be on every major platform Ooh, when it releases. Sexy. I know. Thank you for listening to Casual Disasters, and thank you, Reese, for being on. For sure. <laughs> <laughs>